Kifa. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo. So, uh, LaDonna and Max can't make it tonight. Max is stuck at work and LaDonna's not feeling well. But I have a uh, fill-in co-host. He is a progressive organizer uh, extraordinaire. He was an organizer for Bernie. He's been a field director for uh, a couple of congressional candidates. Uh, Jeremy Elwood. Jeremy, how you doing? Bonjour, mes amis. So, uh, we should just get right into it, because uh, about a million things happened. Yeah, I don't know if you have enough time on your podcast for everything that happened this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to get to, but we obviously have to touch on the uh, shooting in Vegas first, because that was the biggest thing that happened this week. Uh, and obviously the most tragic in a, <laughs> in a bad week in general. Um, so... 58 people, I believe, was the, the death count as of last... Uh, 59 was 59? last I heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sure that, unfortunately, is going to rise a little bit because there are still people in you know intensive care in the hospital. Right. Uh, and over 500 injured. It's the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. It's not the worst mass shooting in U.S. history, which a lot of people are kind of misrepresenting it as because there were a lot of uh, racially motivated mass shootings and mass executions. Uh, and are not too distant past, but I, I, this is, uh, I, in modern times, in a lone gunman style, you know, terrorist kind of attack, this is the worst we've experienced. So, um... I, and if I can jump on that for a second, yeah, I, yeah, I think um, I think it's time that we redefine what terrorism is in this country. Um, the definition of terrorism has to be politically motivated, and we don't know whether Las Vegas was or not. Um, we honestly don't know his motive. Um, he killed 60 people. Yeah. He killed 60 people by shooting into a huge crowd. It's time we redefine what terrorism is. Um, I don't care what color, what religion, what nationality, or what your intent is. But when you do that, that's terrorism. Period. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. That's, yeah. I mean, that's why I think a lot of people have been calling him a terrorist, even though we don't know his motive. But his, his intention clearly was to kill as many people as possible and to terrorize them. So... I think, I think, like you were saying, it is kind of time we, we start, you know, calling it what it is. Like the right wing always used to, likes to say, you know, you just call it what it is, and then problem solved, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, yes, I mean, it, you know, there, there's really not much to talk about with it. It's fucking horrible, and it just keeps happening in this country, and I don't really foresee an end to it, because the NRA has a stranglehold over Washington, and I, I don't, uh, you know... <laughs> I get, I, I get, I get, I, I get sick of talking about because it it's like I, we talk about it after every mass shooting, you know, after the Orlando. Massacre. But that's not the time to talk about it, Anthony. That's, that's not the time to talk about it. We, we, what don't we need politicize to do, it. <laughs> what we need to do is get a uh, time machine, go into the future, and map out all of the mass shootings, and find a point that's uh, exactly in between two mass shootings, and that's the time we're allowed to talk about it for that one day period. <laughs> Can I, I want to make a point on that real quick, and I'm going to say something that might upset some of your listeners, and 
others of them might say, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, all right, so I am a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. I really am. I believe in it 100%. Um, I'm also a gun owner. When I was growing up, the NRA was there for gun education and gun safety. That's not the case anymore. The NRA is its own political platform at this point. Um, again, even you know, being a gun owner and a proponent of the Second Amendment, something needs to be done. Um, I'm not for banning guns, obviously, but something needs to be done. I don't, I don't think most done. people are. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think most people don't start from that point of point of argument. I. I, I'm glad you well, said that. Because, oh, yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, you know, my, my thing is, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is, but I know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that hundreds of people are getting shot for no damn reason because we don't have proper regulations. I don't know what those regulations need to be. But to your point, that's the discussion that has to be had. We have to have that discussion. We need to figure out how can we how can we make this a safer country? And if this is the part that's really probably going to upset some people, if one more person brings up the militia clause, I'm going to scream. No, I mean, because yeah, that's not, I mean, that's it's, a, it, it's a weak argument because yeah. grammatically speaking, the militia clause specifically states that the people have the right to own guns in order to form that militia if needed. That aside, it, it there are so many ways to attack this issue in terms of what can we do, um, how can we regulate, how can we, how can we put procedures in place. That is probably the weakest argument to take. So let's stand aside and, and, and make a focus of what needs to be done to change the environment that we have with our gun problem here in the country. Because we have a huge, huge gun problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know... I... This doesn't happen in other countries. And, and you know, I, I think we need to acknowledge as a country that nobody's asking to ban guns or, you know, very few people are asking that. Um, it would solve the problem, but I fully am aware it's never going to happen. And I don't even really particularly want to advocate for that because I don't think that that's the solution given our climate in this country. Um I certainly think there's tons of common sense regulations that 90% of Americans agree on. But like you said, the NRA, which did serve a purpose when it first, you know, existed, it was there to provide safety and, you know, training and things like that. It's literally just a lobbying arm of the manu- of the gun manufacturers now. And like, like everything yeah. else, it, you know, politics has just been absolutely infested by the scourge of dark money. And it's like that, I'm sure pre-1980, the NRA was not a horrible organization. They, you know, I'm sure I, I would disagree with hey, that. Hey, I'm not that old. It was post-1982. I'm not that old. <laughs> well, you know, I just mean, once once money started being allowed to run rampant in politics, uh, the NRA totally, you know, became bought and sold by the gun manufacturers. Now, oh, all right. So, I mean, I, I think that's a large, you know, a large part of the problem. And that's, you know, why we're always talking about getting money out of politics, because it literally affects... Every other issue, but so as far I'm going to I'm going to give the the current NRA a bit of props, and um, I'm actually I'm actually on the fence on this on on their intent, um, but I'm sure you heard uh, just recently, um, they're looking into what the government can do to do things like ban bump stocks, yeah, Which... uh, or or uh, devices like them. Hopefully, even the NRA stated the wording needs to be proper because if you just ban bump stocks, then 
that's one item. Yeah. Their wording was very specific that it, it has, it has to be worded. Like that has to, yeah, it has to cover all of those so types of kits. Convert anything that can convert a semi-automatic into an automatic rifle, basically. Right. So, you know, I and I'm not, look, and I know gun people get annoyed when non-gun people talk about guns, so I'm not going to get into the specifics of each gun. I, I, it's fucking crazy to me that there's something that exists that basically allows a semi-automatic uh, rifle to act as an automatic rifle. And, you know, I did do some research into it because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Essentially, just, and this I'm sure you know this, but I'm just for the listeners, what a bump stock essentially does is it harnesses the recoil and it allows you to rapid-fire the trigger. Because now, the difference between a semi-automatic and an automatic weapon, and correct me if I'm wrong anywhere, Jeremy, but uh, essentially... I'm not a big guy. I'm not a gun nut. I'm okay, just an no, owner because I hunt. Um, I used to hunt. I don't even... I'm sure my friend Steve will bitch at me for three hours after this podcast about how I got ten things wrong, but I don't really care. Um, basically, the difference between a semi-automatic and an automatic is that the automatic, uh, an automatic weapon... You pull, you hold the trigger and it just keeps rapid firing. A semi-automatic, it auto it auto reloads, but you have to pull each shot. You have to pull the trigger for each shot. So there's right. a considerable amount of damage more that you could do with an automatic rifle. Although a semi-automatic rifle or semi-automatic weapon, you still obviously do a ton of fucking damage, and we've seen it you know time and time again in all these shootings. And I, I you know, and and not everyone's hey. going to agree with this, but I do think we do need to have a long hard look. Or at the very least, a discussion about why a civilian needs to own that kind of a weapon. I'm totally for hunting rifles. I'm totally for personal, uh, you know, handguns for protection. Like, I totally believe in all that shit. I think when you start getting into... For me, it's like, the Second Amendment isn't limitless. You can't own a tank. You can't own a bazooka. I mean, in some (laughs) cases, you probably can. Some states, who fucking knows? But (laughs) um, for the most part, you can't own weapons of mass destruction, basically. Are, are, are massive weapons of war. So there are, so I think we can all agree to some extent there are limits. And I think we should at least be having a discussion about the limits. I, I think a good way to define that limit, at least this is the way that I interpret it. If it is military grade, and a, a military weapon that the government has not released for civilian use, it is banned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely how it should be. And that's how it should remain. Um, I want to go back to the, uh, automatic semi-automatic thing for just a second because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know like i said the reason why i own a gun is because i used to hunt i don't anymore to quote well to paraphrase ron white it's cold it's early and i don't want to fucking do it um <laughs> i live in well i live in flint now but I, I grew up in rural michigan where a lot of people do still need guns to hunt i mean that's literally how they get food on the table sure and that, that's why I get a little sketchy. Whenever I do hear anything that remotely comes up to ban come into play, mm-hmm. um, it's like, yeah, we, we can't do that. Now, to your, to your term about automatic weapons, um, I, I want to preface this with saying I'm, I'm fully for the full banning of things like you know the bump stock, anything that makes it an automatic weapon mm-hmm. or behaves like an automatic weapon. Yeah. Um, I'm for the banning of that. With that said... I have shot automatic weapons for target practice, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. But again, that goes into the discussion that needs to be had. Like, perhaps, I mean, just speculatively speaking here, perhaps maybe not ban them. Maybe make it in a, like a very expensive, very hard to get license. Yeah. That says, you know. You disincentivize uh, people from it, even trying to get them unless they're, you know. Right, and have it be extremely regulated. 
yeah. extremely regulated. We you know, like, it's even allowed to transport it if it's in one piece type of thing. You know, something needs to be done. But again, even if it was a full ban for automatic weapons, I'm fine with that because I mm -hmm. see no reason, like you said, why it's a need. It's it's a want. Yeah. I want to go in my, in my woods and go shoot some targets. And That's like, it. I, and I get it. Like, guns are fucking cool. Like, I, you know, look, I love action movies. I love fucking Tarantino movies. I've shot a gun before. It's fun. I, I get it. I get it. I, you know, I trust me. I get it. That being said, it gets to a point in the country where you have to prioritize is your fun more important than the fact that we have military grade weapons like easily accessible for people that may not even be fit to fucking drive a car, let alone handle uh, something that could kill, you know, hundreds exactly. of people. Exactly. And then combine that with the other stuff that you can get. I mean, just, just to add fuel to the fire, I can go to an army surplus store right now if I wanted to and go get night goggles and Kevlar. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I could make myself look like the police in the U.S. if I wanted to. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. You know? Well, I the police the look police like the fucking military in this country <laughs> now anyway. Yeah, that's a whole nother. We've talked about that before. How the police are just a fucking occupying force at this point. But, um, and we'll talk about that a little later when we discuss the uh, St. Louis situation. But, yeah, I, I think, I, and I think, you know, and, and there's like things that 90% of the country agree on. It's just common sense reforms that we just can't get done because of the lobbying arm of the NRA. I mean, you know, universal background checks, um, basic shit like that. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't have universal background checks, you know, no gun show loophole, things like that. Uh, I agree. And uh, one of the arguments that comes up to that a lot, and it's an argument that I actually agree with, is inheritance. Um, the 22 that I have, the semi-automatic 22 that I inherited. Um, I love this gun. I don't think I should need a background check for such an inheritance, but I do think that I should have to, which by the way, in the U S I don't have to register it because mm -hmm. it was an inheritance. I think I should be have. I, I think that I should have to register it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, every fucking gun that, that, that'd be crazy to me. That that's crazy to me that we don't have to register certain guns in the country. Um, and certain States, you don't have to register them at all. If you buy them at gun shows and things like that, uh, and I could be wrong. I mean, look up uh, someone, someone out there do the research for me. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yeah, I'm I'll be knocking on your door tomorrow. What do you mean you have an unregistered fire? <laughs> no, my, mine's registered. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You, know, but you it, didn't have to. It, I don't think I had to. It might just be a Michigan thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But the, the fact that we have such dis, disapparate, like, I, fuck, I can't remember the word I'm saying, but such different laws for each um, state is fucking ridiculous, too. I mean, how do we not have just general federal regulations for, you know, gun ownership? And at, at least one blanket regulation. Yeah, you sure. Know, maybe, background like, checks at the very least. The another thing that the gun lobby has has put through because they're so powerful with the money that they pour into Congress is you're not allowed to keep a an electronic record of gun registrations. They have to keep a physical paper registration like there's this one, I forget where it is, but there's this one site where the government keeps literally paper logs of every gun, you know, gun registration, and it's fucking impossible to find something in that. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, file cabinets I, I, after file cabinets, and that's, that's purely to, to create a disincentive to even keep registrations or to, you know, well, look for those sorts of things. I agree with that to an extent, 
Um, I think that it should be both because I think that the paper should be there. Look at all the hacks that are going on lately um, and how yeah, yeah. easy it is for, you know, I think the paper should be there as a backup. As yeah, yeah, a, that's fine. But, the, but, the, but it's not, it's done that way so, to, you know, make, make it so that you can't, as law enforcement, look up through like a central database, uh, you know, a gun registration. You have to call these people and they have to go and physically pull it. And law enforcement actually is, is very against that, but they just, you know, they, nothing can get done about it. I My personal opinion on that, which I guess we're going to get into this a little bit later, but uh, my personal opinion is I don't think law enforcement, like actual local county or state police should even have, should even have the um, jurisdiction to do that. And the reason I say that is because they're already fucking corrupt as hell. I think that they should have to go to a federal level and make the request. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I think the, yeah, I don't think local jurisdictions should have access to it. It should exist for somebody, to the fucking FBI at least, to look at, you know. Not no, that the I, FBI I, is not corrupt I, either, but. I think it should be on a federal level, though. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. A couple of reasons why. I mean, like, uh, let's take Flint, for example. If if local jurisdictions could, could access that database, <clears throat> That means that they could also fudge that database. Sure. That means that they could. It's it's easier for them to basically frame someone, and they're already doing that in the physical world as it is. They're not going to hesitate to get a good IT guy in there and say, you know what, this is the guy I want because this is the guy I caught. So make this gun his. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so you know, you brought up corrupt cops. I, I guess we should just talk about. Uh, what happened in St. Louis uh, this week, earlier this week. Um, we talked, I believe, last week or the week before about the verdict in the uh, Jason Stockley trial where the cop uh, premeditatively yeah. murdered somebody. He said, you know, they, they have a dash cam video of him saying, we're going to kill this motherfucker after a guy fled a uh, traffic stop. And there's, all, you know, there's a video of him pulling him over, and then within seconds after getting out of his car, he just unloads his clip into this guy and kills him. So, um, unarmed, of course, the guy that he was, he was chasing. Uh, and he got acquitted because cops never get fucking held accountable for killing unarmed black people because it's just, you know, they literally can do whatever they want and they just get away with it. So, uh, people in St. Louis, not super fucking thrilled about this. You know, this is not far from Ferguson where we saw, you know, uh, all the stuff that happened after the Michael Brown verdict uh, and all the just absolute thuggery by the cops uh, in the wake of that. I mean, you know, that was the, I think that was one of the, not the first time, but one of the first times that national news covered extensively such a brutal display by the police in response to, you know, mostly peaceful protesting. Um, so this, uh, what was it, Thursday? I believe uh, Wednesday. I think. So Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Wednesday night. So uh, a bunch of people were protesting Wednesday night, and they, uh, you know, marched onto the highway uh, to shut the highway down as a form of protest. Which I, you know, I I know that 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 kind of triggers white liberals. They're like, oh well, they shouldn't do that. Protests aren't supposed to make you comfortable. They're supposed to like raise awareness that. And look, it's fucking annoying if, if you're driving on it, but that's the fucking point. It's supposed to raise awareness. If they protest in a town square and nobody sees them, then what the fuck is the point? They're not going to get coverage. No, like, the issue's not going to get talked about. 
Like Jimmy Dore says, all right, I'll just protest in front of my TV then. Yeah, right. Well, that's what they want you to do, you know? so you don't fucking, you know, don't don't be too loud, don't make a scene, don't rock the boat, you know. We like the boat, we're on the boat, it's our boat, so now, don't rock the boat. With that, said, with that said, I'm sure you're probably going to get into a little bit more here, um, but with that said, let's be clear. Um, what kind of world do we live in where I, where the cops did something illegal, which we'll get into in a bit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, holy shit, no one got tased, no one got shot, no one got maced. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's like they have, they're like Trump almost. They're, their bar is so low that we're like, oh my God, they weren't, they didn't murder anyone, you know, without justification. Um, but, uh, so yeah, basically what happened was they had, they had people on the highway and the cops showed up looking like they were, you know, rolling into Fallujah with their fucking, you know, their SWAT gear and all that. And they surrounded... The protesters, uh, I, I believe it's called penning, when they basically, like, like, peddling. was it about oh, peddling? I'm sorry. Kettling. Ke- oh, kettle. Oh, kettling. Like, a, okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> is it kettling or cattling? Kettling. Like okay. the, like a kettle on the stove. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Basically they surround you. Like if anyone's seen, uh, last season of Game of Thrones, I won't spoil it for Jeremy, but in, in a, in a big battle. That's not first season, brother. What? I still got to watch the first season. So okay. <laughs> basically, I won't say who it is, but basically, an army as a as a strategy surrounds uh, another army and then just starts marching in slowly with spears. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's like you can't get out. So basically, what the cops do is they surround you and then they say disperse. And when you can't disperse because they're fucking blocking you, and Nomi Kantz was a part of this happening in Manhattan too. Once they they. It's a trick that the fucking cops do, uh, which they think they could still get away with, even in the air of camera phones. It's crazy. They kettle you, and then they say disperse, and when you don't disperse, they arrest you for not dispersing. So, um, they were there, and uh, a bunch of journalists, local but, journalists... Well, to, to be clear, Anthony, real yeah, quick, yeah, sure. that, that's also one of the other problems, too. They, they kettled. They never actually gave a dispersal order. They just started arresting. Oh, wow, that's even worse. Okay. So I, yeah. I know that's typically the, the the point of kettling is to is to mock that you're gonna allow people to disperse and li- not literally let them disperse, but so that's even worse. Right. Um, and so now there were local reporters there, and uh, Jordan Sheridan, uh, who's an awesome reporter for TYT, uh, we've covered some of the stuff he's covered before on here. He was there with his cameraman Ty, and they were literally reporting on this. They weren't, you know, part of the protest. They were just there reporting on this. I, I, I believe I saw a video. They were even kind of on the sidewalk or on the shoulder of the highway. They weren't like directly in the protest. They were just kind of talking to people off to the side. And the cops show up and start. It seems like arresting the journalists first, which is the journalists and legal observers. Yeah, that were, and there was literally the command given: arrest legal observers first and journalists second. Which is just unfucking believable. I mean, and let's let's be fair. Um, I, I, I know I, I'm a bad guy. Um, let's be fair though. Uh, the the protesters were not arrested illegally. Um, what they were technically arrested for, according to what you can hear on the video, was for being on the highway. Mm-hmm. Technically, that is illegal yeah. for a pedestrian to be on the highway. Okay, that's fine. I'm sure the protesters knew that going into it. Yeah, you, you sometimes and, go into these things knowing you're going to get arrested for acts of yeah. civil disobedience. And by the way, yeah, and huge shout out to uh, State Senator Bruce Franks for that State Senate district. Uh, he actually, he State Senator, 
was actually one of the leaders of the protest. I yeah, mean, that was awesome. That's standing with the people. Absolutely. But back to the point, even though it's legal for them to arrest the protesters for being on the highway, it is not legal for them to arrest journalists who are covering the protest that is taking place on the highway. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what happened. Absolutely. It's not, it's, 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 it's even worse than, than not legal. It's extremely unconstitutional. I mean, the, you know, the free press has, has, you know, an absolute right to cover these things and to arrest journalists is just such a unbelievably fascist uh, thing to do. It's amazing to me that none of the fucking mainstream media outlets are really covering it. I, 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 I was watching it live. I was watching Jordan's stream live, mm-hmm. and I went up to, uh, I typed in CNN, I went to CNN, uh, CNN Go online, and um, I'm, not, I'm not fucking shitting you. They're breaking news coverage. They had two breaking news banners. One was breaking news from Las Vegas, investigation ongoing. Oh, that's, thanks for the that update, was, CNN, <laughs> two days after. The second breaking news had to do with Russia. Oh my god, I can't believe people still watch those fucking networks. I really can't. Like, they're just such trash. I don't know if you saw it today. I think you, I, I think I saw you tweeting about it, which is where I saw it, but maybe I saw Jordan tweeting about it. They gave Rachel Maddow a uh, Emmy Award for her <laughs> flint cover. <laughs> oh my god, that's a topic. You don't want to get me on that oh topic. Oh my god, that. that's oh. hilarious. Fucking unbelievable. Fucking Jordan is like living in Flint, basically. He's there half the fucking year. And, and Rachel Maddow devoted, what, 20 minutes to like talking to, you know, repeating establishment talking points. And then she gets a fucking Emmy for it. But OK, that's fine. It wasn't even that. Rachel Maddow came during the campaign, during the primary oh, campaign. Okay. When it was and the political football everyone wanted to use to, to score some political exactly. points. Exactly. And Rachel Maddow came uh, for the debate and that sort of thing um, during the political campaign to push Hillary, and they were using the Flint crisis as a tool. Now, here's here's a, uh, and this is not to pat myself on the back. This is more so to pat Bernie's campaign on the back because I think they did an awesome thing here. Um, I was field organizer here in Flint for Bernie, and by the weekend, I asked the state director if we could distribute water, not politicize it, just hand out water, you know. And if people want to talk about Bernie, that's fine, but we're not going to bring him up. Uh, next day, I got a word, one word text. It said, yes. Awesome. So we started doing that during the campaign run. And then after, and this will all get back to Rachel Maddow, I promise. Mm-hmm. And then after the campaign left the state, they left one office open, Flint. Hmm. And the sole purpose was to continue distributing water. That was it. There was no awesome. vote for Bernie because the campaign was out of the state. Now, what did Hillary do when the campaign left? Fuck Michigan. She didn't even show up for the general, let alone do anything. <laughs> <after. laughs> she didn't forget so, the Midwest I, existed during the campaign. So, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't surprise me. So, that you know, to take, take it back to the Rachel Maddow thing, um, that's why Rachel Maddow was, was in Flint in the first place, was to help push Hillary's campaign and use the Flint water crisis as a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, there were tons of teams in, in Flint, and uh, dude, I, I could go on for an hour alone about the awesomeness of the progressive uh, people of the country that literally drove to Flint just to drop off water while they were on their way to a different campaign. Like, it, it was amazing. Um, 
I, I don't know how the hell Rachel got the Emmy for Flint coverage. Uh, it was pathetic. It was ridiculous. And it was all about propping up the establishment, like you said. Uh, I'm just waiting for her fucking car, her, her Emmy for her Russia coverage. Cause that, that's going to be the real fucking laugher. Um, unless it's a volume, unless it's a volume based Emmy, if it's volume based, she totally deserves it. But, uh, in terms of quality reporting, not so much. Um, so yeah, it, it's just insane. And, you know, we're seeing it more and more in the Trump era, but this is not something that Trump started and people need to wrap their minds around that, that this is not just some assault on journalism that started under Trump. We've been slowly eroding uh, journalism for years. I mean, it, it, it's almost not... Investigative journalism is almost, almost non-existent now. You know, the Young Turks are one of the few people that are actually uh, putting a focus on investigative journalism. But, I mean, the major news networks don't even have... Like, MSNBC doesn't even have an investigative journalist, from, from what I can tell. Um, you know, certainly not one worth their salt. Yeah, and to your point that it's pre-Trump, I mean, I honestly, I, the the whole 2016 election cycle in general pretty much brought that all the light on what the MSM is doing or not doing. Um, I think that's when people really started to wake up. Uh, and then it's it's gotten worse under Trump or seemingly worse under Trump because not just his followers, but the police now understand that they have fascist rights. Yeah. Oh, they're and certainly I feeling more emboldened by it. I mean, no question. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say, yeah. Um, and, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> Obama did prosecute more people under the espionage, more journalists under, or more whistleblowers, rather, who are, who are journalists, uh, under the Espionage Act than anyone before him. So, I mean, this is... And, you know, we've seen it under Bush. I mean, that you know, really got kicked in the hyperdrive with the Patriot Act, but Obama continued on those practices. And uh, You know, I don't know what it's going to take for people to wake up in this country. I, I mean, I hope that, that Trump, this, you know, putting an ugly face on it, like Jimmy Dore likes to say, is going to be enough for people. But I think they need to make that next logical leap that, hey, it's not just Trump. We've been fucking doing this for years, and it's it's just the corrupting influence of the military industrial complex and the intelligence agencies. And, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to call it the deep state, but, but honestly the power that the intelligence agencies have over this kind of discussion over privacy rights and oh, over whistleblowers no, and things like that. What you said about Obama is exactly correct. The difference between Obama and Trump is that Obama is good at hiding it. And Trump is good at not giving a shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quite frankly, you know, he puts it right out there in the open. He he has he is one statement shy of saying that he's racist. Yeah, I mean, uh, you certainly could take any one uh, thing he said and, and 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 certainly draw that conclusion. But um, there's this great, and uh, you know, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, Jimmy Dore did a great piece on it on aggressive progressives last night. Uh, there's there's a, a conference basically for journalistic courage that they had up in in uh, Canada, and they highlighted all these people. Uh, they highlighted yeah, I saw that yeah yeah Glenn Greenwald, uh, this woman in and uh, Azerbaijan who's exposing the super corrupt uh, government there, where basically the the president uh, of of Azerbaijan I, I'm butchering the fucking name of the country, but you know what I'm talking about Azerbaijan. Um, 
was selling off like contracting. Uh, I, I forget exactly what it was for, if it was for construction or what, to his daughter. Like, like he was just <laughs> giving her, you know, priority. Like, th th there's just so much, like, you know, and, and she's, like, getting horribly harassed, and she won an award for that, <laughs> for her, you know, continuing uh, to fight that. And uh, these guys in Brazil, uh, literally, they're this task force of lawyers and judges who uh, are rooting out corruption at a systematic level. They fucking jailed... A senator, they jailed a former yep. president. It's insane. And, and, like, it's awesome. Like, they jailed a bunch of bankers, all of whom were corrupt and taking bribes. And uh, that's what we need in this fucking country. We need a task force. We need, like, a, you know, we need that 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 kind of, that kind of fucking righteous, uh, you know, group of, of lawyers and judges or whoever, whoever can make that happen. I mean, it's just... It seems so impossible we, in this country, um, but we, that's what we fucking need. It was just so inspiring to see that, though. I, I you said you saw it too. It was like it, I was just like, oh man, that's that's what we could have if we had some. You know, we just had those voices that could actually rise to that level. But there's so many institutional uh, roadblocks to prevent anything like that from happening. Yeah, well, what we need, we, we okay, so <clears throat> we need all of our politicians from local up to federal to understand that they will be held accountable. Yeah. And whether it takes a task force or a movement, I don't care what. I mean, to be honest, I have I have good hopes in, in the progressive movement. I'm seeing a lot of uh, progress here now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great. And it's going to be those progressives that are going to tell the other politicians, you will be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. We need them. They should be fearing for their jobs. Their entire job is based off, do I get elected? And fortunately, we're at a time now where the people are ready to say, no, you won't fucking get elected. Joe, look at Joe Manchin, for example. If you have to, I guess. <laughs> um, he, has, he has a primary opponent, Paula Swearingen. And Joe Manchin came right out and said... Fucking primary then. Oh, okay. So she is. And she's getting a whole whole lot of ground. She's covering a whole lot of ground with her constituents, because her future constituents, because she's fighting for the people and she's holding the politician accountable. That's all the people want. They want our politicians held accountable. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think that we're at, we're at a time now where the movement is saying, we're going to do this. Every state now has at least at least two progressive candidates running for something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, I'm glad you mentioned that. Everybody listening to this, literally everybody, should look into their local elections because pretty much everybody has some kind of an election coming up in November, in about five weeks, November 7th of this year. Uh, you know, I'm working on a campaign locally uh, for this woman, Nancy Van, who's running for county legislator. Uh, against this guy, John Testa, who's like one of Trump's buddies, super corrupt Republican, trying to, you know, privatize our public airport. You know, he's a f usual horror show Republican. Um, but there's a ton of progressives running locally, and historically, nobody turns out in off-year elections. You know, in years between midterms and between ge uh, general, you know, presidential elections, nobody turns out. So if you can turn out and tell all your progressive or democratic friends to turn out you can swing an election it's a really small margin all of these elections so anyone listening to this please do research into your local elections make sure you find out 
who the progressive is that's running in your area um and and you know go vote because it republicans like westchester county democrats like where i live democrats outnumber republicans two to one literally but republicans always win because they fucking turn out way more than the democrats do in these midterm elections or in these off-year elections so it's all about just showing up like so much of politics is just showing up so um really everyone should look into that but I'm glad you brought that up because that reminded me of something I thought about today and I haven't done it yet. Um, I'm actually going to look for an app because there are a lot of special elections that happen. Um, hell, there could be a special election tomorrow that people might not know about in their area. Uh, could, those things aren't advertised. They, ne- they make um, a point of not right. bringing them up. It's it's crazy. So, so I'm actually going to look at I'm, – I'm, I was thinking about today and I think when we get done with this podcast, I'll go ahead and look up uh, if I can find a good app for that. And when you post this podcast on Twitter, I'll post whatever app I find. Speaking of apps and elections, though, there, there is a good app for people. Uh, it doesn't really have to do with elections, but it has to do with vote, uh, their representatives and senators uh, from state, federal, local level, mm-hmm. where you can actually – it's called Vote Builder. I'm sure most of your listeners have probably heard of it. Um, but it's called Vote Builder. And the cool thing about it is you can – you can see how your representative or your senator, be it state or uh, congressional, mm-hmm. have voted on certain issues. And you can mark whether you agree with their vote or not agree with their vote. You can see what the percentage of people in your area said, um, or, you know, percentage of their constituents that had the app said, and their agreement or disagreement with the vote. Um, and it gives you direct emails to your senators and congressmen. It gives you other contact information. Um, it lets you, it lets you let them know right off the app, how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing app. That's great. I, I hope more, I hope congressmen are, you know, using that and utilizing that, um, to serve the people. Like crazy, it's a, crazy it, it goes through email, so they don't have a choice. It goes right to their congressional oh, email. That's great. Um, so. so, you know, maybe they'll actually be forced to represent people. I know it's a pretty crazy notion that, that the representatives that we elect should represent us, but, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully that, that, that's a little bit of a step in that direction. Uh, one, one quick funny thing I did want to mention though, cause I, I saw that last night, the thing about the, the Brazilian task force that's jailing all these bankers. And then I read another story today, totally coincidentally about how Obama gave a big money speech in Brazil yesterday <laughs> to a bunch of fucking bankers. <laughs> And, and and mentioned how, um, you know, people need to be held accountable for things. Like, that was his only mention of any kind of the... Because they've had rampant corruption in Brazil. Uh, and he basically said something to the effect of, well, uh, you know, people need to be held accountable. Uh, but didn't elaborate on how that would actually occur, which is kind of a microcosm for his entire presidency. So I just thought that was really funny when I saw that today. I was like, this is unfucking real That's like the equivalent of there's a Trump tweet for that. Like, it was like... <laughs> there's a fucking you know oh my god um but so yeah uh i i wanted to bring up a few uh pieces of legislation that are are have gone through or are in the process of being discussed and are probably going to go through because uh they're horrible and unfortunately you think the democrats could maintain a united front against these pieces of legislation but not the case um so, you know, the Republicans' big thing is that they're working on tax reform, which is just, you know, tax cuts for the rich, we all know. Uh, they just passed a budget which protects their tax reform bill from a filibuster, 
essentially turning it into a 51-vote uh, and I don't know how they can do this. I don't know if there's some kind of parliamentary uh, parliamentarian rules against this, but apparently within their budget bill, they made it so that their tax reform bill doesn't need a 60-vote majority. It just needs a 51-vote, you know, regular majority. It doesn't need an actual super majority. Right. They, um, they did the same thing with the health care bills. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. Um, but they, just, they, they made it clear they don't play by the rules, which is why the Democrats maybe need to stop clinging to uh, ceremony and maybe fight back in the same way. Um, so they're, you know, they're obviously talking about cutting trillions of dollars in taxes for the wealthy and taking trillions of dollars of funding out of Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, um, all the garbage that they usually do. And uh, you would think that the Democrats would hold strong against this, but a bunch of Democrats... A bunch of blue dogs have already said that they would be open to supporting uh, tax plans under certain circumstances, including our buddy Joe Manchin, who you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, if you hear this from your representative that's a Democrat, vote them out, please, and campaign for their opponent, their primary opponent, because what what use are the Democrats to us if they're going to be fucking voting with the Republicans on these horrible, heinous bills that absolutely negative affect you know our lives and the lives of americans um another thing uh, uh that happened was that the senate voted to confirm ajit pai as the head of the fcc now uh i believe we talked about in the podcast but if you don't aren't familiar with him ajit pai is just a horrible 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 human being whose sole responsibility at the fcc seems to be destroying net neutrality at the behest of uh, the telecoms industry. His whole mission is to roll back net neutrality so that the telecoms industries, the Verizons, the Comcast can basically charge you uh, a la carte for websites, for services. They basically want to privatize the internet completely. And it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. It totally, the internet's this beautiful kind of democratic, ideal right now you know it's like everyone has equal it, you know to some degree equal bandwidth equal access to websites um and net neutrality will totally do away with that they can you know if comcast doesn't like what you what the young turks are saying about them they can artificially slow down the young turks website they can charge you a ten dollar fee to access the young turks website. net neutrality is so important and it's fucking amazing to me that more people aren't freaking out about this. You know, like, even some of the mainstream media have been doing a decent job. You know, John Oliver, I have my qualms with him, but he did a really good piece on net neutrality and why it's important. Um, MSNBC, not so much, because they're owned by Comcast. And, of course, Comcast <laughs> doesn't want to really put... They, they've actually run propaganda uh, misinformation campaigns about net neutrality, uh, among the many other horrible things they do. So... A G-Pi got confirmed. Uh, six fucking Democrats in the Senate voted to confirm him, including Joe Manchin. Uh, Joe Manchin, Claire McCaskill, all the usual suspects. So, again, what point is it having Democrats in there if they're literally just going to go along with Trump? I mean, that's... Uh, well, let's, let's, let's take, the, let's take, let's take a, uh, I guess, chain of command approach to this and, and look at what's going on here financially. Uh, for for you, the consumer. All right, so let's say you have a Netflix subscription. 
Which, by the way, they're raising the price of Netflix uh, oh, later this month. Oh, my God, again. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> just bitching about it. Let's say you have a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Which we'll say is 10 bucks a month. Let's say you watch Netflix on Xbox, just hypothetically speaking, yeah. which you can't watch Netflix on Xbox unless you pay an Xbox subscription. So now you're paying for a subscription for Netflix. You're paying a subscription for Xbox so you can watch a subscription for Netflix on that Xbox. Now you have to pay for your ISP. So now you're paying for a subscription for your ISP so you can pay for a subscription for your Xbox so you can pay for a subscription for your Netflix. Now with a Jeep Pie, with what he wants to do, he wants your ISP to say, you know what, we're going to slow down Netflix unless Netflix pays us a lot of money. So what's going to happen? Netflix is going to raise the rate again. So now you're paying twice as much. Now you're paying for your ISP to pay for your Xbox to pay twice as much for your Netflix subscription than you were paying in the first place. Yeah. No, it's it's just, it's it's so corrupt. It's ridiculous. It, it's so insane that 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 this is even something that they're able to do. Uh, and one of the few good things that uh, well, not I shouldn't say, it, but one of the good things Obama did during his term was that he classified it uh, as a utility. Um, right, Title II. Title II, which classifies it as a utility, which it should be, because it's essentially a basic uh, need at this point. I mean, you know, people people kind of get weird when you say that, but you largely can't go about daily life if you don't have access to the Internet now. I mean, so many jobs are predicated can't, on your yeah, access. Yeah, you can't look for a job. You can't. Well, you, can't even, you can't even apply for a job at McDonald's unless you have Internet. Yeah. No, it's true, and it, it is a basic, uh, you know, essential at this point almost. So uh, that classification is very important, and uh, this not only does away with that, but this allows them to just charge, you know, exorbitant fees for access and totally privatize it. So it's fucked up, and any Democrat that votes for it, like Joe Manchin, should be voted the fuck out because they're just a total bitch of the telecoms industry he gets probably a lot of money from the fucking telecoms industry to do their bidding and sell you out but you know he, he needs to get himself on the internet he, he he did say that in that tyt interview that you know i, I haven't been on the internet and i, I gotta make sure i'm on there because now jank asked him about uh how all of his donations have come from large money donations and about one percent of his donations came from small dollar donations so uh he has to get himself on the internet because he hasn't been on there. So I guess maybe well, he doesn't fully understand the internet. And let's let's be clear about this: the United States pays more for slower internet than any other place in the country in the in the world. Yeah, that's we true. pay more for slower internet. I used to run a 900 megahertz terrestrial ISP, um, which basically means it was it was point to point, mm-hmm. so it wasn't um, it was line of sight. For what you're uh, so- communicating with the Russians. My, my <laughs> Russian communications. Now, my, my, I don't think my stepdad would allow that. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, we, we ran together. We ran a, a 900 megahertz terrestrial ISP, which is common in a lot of rural areas where you can't get. We couldn't even get satellite where we were. So we set this up. Um, our, our fastest speed was three meg. I mean, that's, that's all we could all we could get because you have to run through and this goes back to the, the Jeep Pi thing for a second. In order to hook up something like a 900 meg terrestrial ISP, you still have to run through someone else. So we had to run through Verizon. So 
even if we as the ISP wanted to say, fuck it, Netflix gets full coverage. Yeah. They get full speed. If Verizon said we're throttling, throttling Netflix, our ISP would be affected by that. Our, our little guy ISP mm-hmm. would be affected by that. And who do you think the customers are going to complain to? Verizon? No, they'll complain to the 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 you know the closest uh, chain of you know chain of command, as you said. They'll complain to the the person that there's most immediately uh, answerable to them, which would be the small. It will it will literally shut out the little guys. It will 100% shut out the little guys. Yeah, well, you know, it's a disaster, and it's probably going to go away because uh, Democrats don't fight on it, and the Republicans control all branches of government again because the Democrats don't fight. So. Um, I'm not super hopeful of that. And that's something that once they reverse it, it's going to be really fucking hard to get it back, even with a democratically controlled Congress. I think that's something that's going to be really hard to undo. So, uh, God, it's a fucking disaster. But, you know, what are you going to do? The fucking Democrats lost 1,100 seats in nine years, so... It's going to have consequences, you know? You keep fucking running these horrible, weak candidates, and you wonder why our fucking rights are being rolled back and we're marching towards fascism. I mean, you know, blame Jill Stein voters all you fucking want, but Jill Stein didn't lose you 1,100 seats in nine years, you know? The reason we're in the situation we're in is because of bullshit Clintonism, you know, DLC neoliberalism, which depresses the vote, moves the country right, uh, totally disenfranchises any kind of progressive voters and, you know, puts the Democratic Party in bed with corporations, just like the fucking uh, Labor Party in, in the UK was under Blair. It's the same bullshit. And we've seen that that's just a failing strategy. Uh, you know, that's something I wanted to bring up last week on the podcast. You know, um, uh, Macron, who, who uh, the Joy Reads of the world love to cling to as this amazing example of how centrism works in, in the world uh his his approval rings in the fucking toilet he's uh cursing out uh labor unions and he's being called uh other countries in europe are saying that he's a maniac and he's trying to be the king of europe um so that's not working out super well and angela merkel's such a bland centrist that the fucking far-right uh afd party has uh, basically taken over their parliament over there. They had a really strong showing in their recent elections. And uh, I don't really want any kind of a far right-wing government uh, in control of Germany because last time that happened, it didn't work out super well for uh, a lot of people. So, uh, you don't, know. don't worry, the, U- the U.S. has taken on that role. <laughs> yeah, really. So, I, I mean, it's just fucking, you know, I don't know what needs to happen. It, it, but, you know, it's it's not even a matter of what needs to happen for them to realize they realize they just don't care because they're getting their money. It's the same as the Republicans who, you know, don't care that they're killing the planet because they're getting their fossil fuel money. These fucking centrists don't care that they're destroying uh, the world and allowing fascism to, and far-right populism to take rise because they won't embrace left-wing populism because they're still getting paid. They're getting paid by all these corporations, and I don't know what the fuck needs to happen, but the people who still have some modicum of uh ability to make change and to vote uh at least for now they need to fucking wake up and realize that and stop voting for these fucking horrible corporate centrists who just further exacerbate this problem 
Um, so one more thing I do want to talk about uh, before we get out of here is the House uh, passing the 20-week abortion ban, um, which I'm, I'm sure is what every female listening to this podcast wants to hear is two dudes talk about women's health care and uh, reproductive rights. But um, I, So the House voted uh, to pass a bill criminalizing abortion after 20 weeks which is insanely restrictive, far more restrictive than anything that's in existence now. Uh, and it's unconstitutional, so I, I don't see how it's going to pass. I mean, Roe v. Wade, you know, guarantees abortion rights till at least 24 weeks, so, um, I, you know, I, although given the current makeup of the Supreme Court, I don't know what's going to happen there. It, it's, you know, it's going to be another really interesting situation, but... Well- the the GOP are really putting women in a, a no win situation here um, because they're allowing the religious right to take over in terms of like employers and say we're not going to pay for your birth control. Yeah, that was and then they're going to ban abortions, and it's like, uh, which by the way, I, I mean, I want to be clear: abortions are not used for birth control. No, first of, of all, GOP. Not. And secondly, um, I, I was watching something earlier. Uh, it was an actual, oh, it was on Twitter. It was an actual uh, uh, doctor, actual like obstetrician who said, because they're talking about the, the 20 week, you know, 20 weeks or after is, is going to be banned. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the majority of women who get abortions at 20 weeks or after, there's usually a medical reason for it. And that medical reason can extend anywhere from actual physical medical reason to um, uh, abuse at home, to alcoholism, um, to drug abuse, and it's the safest safest route for that woman to take at that time. And so for you to ban that, you're actually putting the child in more danger. And the mother in danger, but they don't give a fuck about that. And the mother, well, uh, what was it George Carlin said? Uh, they're not pro-life, they're pro-birth. <laughs> It's true. That's no, true. Um, and Hank, Hank Green, about the birth control issue real quick. Hank Green, um, who I, I love to death, he's one of my science nerd crushes. Um, he said something earlier today, too, that I thought was really good. Uh, he's like, I use birth control all the time. Every day, in fact. I use birth control. I don't buy it, and I don't take it, but I use it every day. In other words, his wife takes birth control. And so he's saying, look, it's not just women that, that use this. So if you're against women, which is apparently what the GOP is, yeah. why, why don't you step back for a second and go ahead and get in your sexist mentality for a second and realize that this is beneficial for everybody. Well, of course it is. I mean, and, but they don't really care about that. This is, you know, partly to pander to the religious right, to their base, their fundamentalist base. And part of them really believe it. I mean, part of them are that religious fundamentalist base. And we're, you know, as much as they want us to be, we're not a fucking theocracy. If they want that, if they want fucking Sharia law, they can go live in Saudi Arabia. But until until something major changes, we're not a theocracy. And they cannot govern based on their fucking religion. And the Constitution, or it's constitutionally guaranteed through Supreme Court rulings that women can have, can have access to abortions. It's a fucking obvious thing if you think about it for just for women's safety for the safety of 
the child for just in general. It, it's, it's ridiculous that we criminalize it. And um, by criminalizing it, you're just going to force people to seek out less than legal means uh, and put themselves and any future, you know, children in further danger because it's going to be an unsafe, you know, maybe unregulated uh, way of going about it. I mean, we see that in the world in all these countries where they've outlawed abortion or they banned it is that people seek it out anyway and they go to shady fucking people to do it. And it's, and it, you know, it's people end up, you know, seriously injured or killed. So, um, I, <laughs> uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in this not passing because, you know, Senate's controlled by Republicans, the White House is, con White House is controlled by Republicans. I don't see uh, any of the Republicans peeling off and voting against this. I mean, I'd love to be wrong. Uh, I don't see well, someone like McCain voting against this. Well, actually, I was gonna, I was actually going to uh, mention McCain. I I think he might. Maybe. Quite frankly, I, I think he has no fucks left to give. The man's dying. He he it's he know it's not like he's going to take any more money from donors. He he that's has true. no fucks left to give. And I think he knows what the right choice is. And I think he's always known what the right choice is. He's just a corrupt piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's no, true. You know. I don't know that the the Lisa Murkowski's of the world though are gonna are gonna peel off on that issue though. I don't I don't know where they stand. I don't believe that they're super. I don't think there's any Republicans that are super pro abortion. I don't think there's a lot of Democrats. Speaking of which, we talk about all these fucking horrible neoliberal Democrats. Three Democrats in the House voted yes on this bill. So yes. I mean, it was uh, Manchin, McCaskill, and who is the uh, fucking Peters? Goddamn, my senator, piece yeah. of shit. I, I, it's just. Uh, so I, I don't have a ton of confidence that the Senate's not gonna gonna fly this one right through to Trump's desk, who's obviously gonna sign it because he needs to shore up any support he can with the religious right because we know he's a fucking buffoon. And every time he it's tries just, to, it goes beyond that with Trump. It's even worse. It's even more shallow. He he has no legislative uh, accomplishments. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he just needs he a win. None. He just needs so any the first thing that comes to his desk, he's going to be like, yes, please, for the love of God. You know? Well, we New know they're going to win. All right, I'm on. Yeah, you right. know? Well, we know they're going to win on tax reform because the fucking Democrats are going to be complicit. The mansions of the world are going to go right and lockstep with them on it because they don't really give a shit yeah. about lowering taxes for the rich. They're fucking doing what their donors want them to do. I want to make a uh, kind of nation statement about Bernie about the abortion bill. This is something that pissed me off. He didn't even vote on it. Yeah, what was that about? Was he not in se in session that day? I mean, I, I you know I didn't see anything about that. I don't know, but I hope he has a good good reason because I don't want to fucking be pissed at him about this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of all the bills that you're not going to vote on, Bernie, this is no, this one? no, no, no. It wasn't the abortion bill that he didn't vote on. He didn't vote on a jeep pie. Oh, is it a jeep pie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to clarify yeah. that for people listening. No, but and, and no, that's a, <laughs> yeah, no, I did. That's a big thing. So I, I'm curious to see if he maybe was out of. But you know what? He is down in Atlanta campaigning for Vincent Ford. So I mean, it's possible that that's why, and he knew he'd get through anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure he could probably afford a hundred dollar one way ticket <laughs> or a two hundred and some dollar round trip ticket. Yeah, to go vote on Pie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I. I, I, I I, the only reason I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt is not to be an apologist for him, but I know he was very critical of Ajit Pai during the initial confirmation hearings. 
Uh, so I, that's the reason I say that I don't think he would have done that, it willfully. That's actually why I'm so surprised. That's yeah. honestly why I'm so he was surprised because like I know that people on him. Yeah, he actually even brought up net neutrality during his campaign. He was like yeah. the only one to do so. You know, does I don't know. Does the Senate allow you to proxy in a vote if you're not in state? I don't. I I guess maybe it doesn't because. I have no idea. I, I can't see why he wouldn't send in that vote. So I guess maybe there, there's some kind of, you know, some old fucking antiquated rule where you can't do that or something. But, um, yeah, but no, I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> just horrible piece of legislation after horrible piece of legislation just flying through Congress. Um, but like you said, Trump's so hapless that he's managed to torpedo a lot of their uh, hallmark pieces of, of right-wing lunacy. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but it's only a matter of time before one gets through, uh, two, two other quick things I wanted to mention Trump related, uh, before we get out of here, uh, <laughs> cause we didn't get a chance to talk about it cause it happened after the podcast last week, but Trump in Puerto Rico, I mean, man, what a fucking buffoon. I mean, I, I it's hard to overstate you know, I don't like to talk about things that are not necessarily newsworthy in terms of policy, but just the sight of him down there fucking throwing paper towels into the crowd like he's, you know, tossing t-shirts at a fucking Nets game is just so, so, such a microcosm of him and the, and the way he, you know, it just reminded me of when he was down in Houston and he was helping a guy load the truck and he literally put a barrel in the, in the cab of the truck. I was I was waiting I was waiting for him to lob those cans of beans. Apparently he he thought about it or he joked about it, but somebody was like, "No, don't don't throw cans, please." <laughs> That's a bad idea, <laughs> Mr. President. Please do not throw cans at people. Um. So yeah, yeah. God, he's just such a you know. It, and, and in all honesty, the the tossing of the paper towels doesn't really bother me. Um. It was his attitude while he did it. Like, he was having fun. Yeah, well, that's his, it's, it's all like a fucking game to him. He just doesn't have any kind of sense of the gravity of the situation and the fact that he's really fucking botched it. I mean, he you know, he waited eight days to send people in. He didn't send nearly enough people. Of course, he says that that's all fake news, but we have, you know, stats bearing that out, and the people in Puerto Rico still, like, 50% of them don't have drinking water still. I mean, it's fucking just... Well, and that, you know, it, that goes to another point. Let's say it is fake news. Just hypothetically speaking, let's say it is. Who fucking cares? Do your goddamn job and help those people. Yeah. You know, why don't you step up, do your job, and show people that you're actually helping American citizens, and then maybe your quote-unquote fake news would die down a little bit. Yeah. But he can't do that. He's a fucking child. Yeah. He really is. Um, so... Sorry, you got me swearing tonight, man. No, no, <laughs> hey, that's 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 the kind of that's the point of the podcast, man. We get worked up. That's you know. <laughs> oh, so another really important thing uh, I did want to bring up. Uh, did you see Trump's cryptic comments yesterday to a reporter? Uh, Jesus, which ones? The ones about the uh, you'll see uh, yeah. storm calm before yeah. the storm. So there was, uh, he had, you know, the press pool, I guess, was in, because they're always kind of following him around. Um, he had this big photo shoot with, like, all his, you know, the generals, as he likes to call them, all the generals from Central Casting. Um, 
and he said to one of the reporters, I forget the guy's name, he said, uh, you know, there's a storm brewing. And the guy was like, what do you mean? And Trump just really cryptically was like, you'll find out. Uh, I mean, just, hey, the callousness with, with which he discusses military intervention or any kind of bombing is fucking astounding to me, but that should frighten fucking everybody because that means they're fucking his, planning something. His statement really, really concerned me on that. Yeah. Like, hugely concerned me. And what concerned me more was the media's reaction when they all just kind of giggled. Like, yeah. what are you giggling for? Fucking pressing on them. Nobody fucking covered it today, barely. I mean, it barely got a whisper. I, that's a fucking... That, that, that could be... That could be North Korea. That could be Iran. That could be fucking Syria. Like, who knows what the fuck... Like, the, pick your poison of any of the one of the million places that they want to fucking invade right now and put us in another full-blown war. The and I'm, the I'm thinking, industrial complex. I'm thinking he's referencing either Iran or North Korea, and both of them are a very, very, very bad choice. God, yeah. I, I, I definitely think it was in reference to North Korea, because there was another report that Kim Jong-un might try to some kind of a provocation on Columbus Day. And, you know, North Korea has been doing this for fucking years, and everyone knows that they're a joke, and every president previously has been like, oh, okay, that's funny, you know, kind of ignoring them. They're not saying you should not, not keep an eye on them, but they're they're largely paper tigers. Like, they don't have, you know, they spend a, a, most of their money on their military, but they have no fucking money because they're so isolating. Well, the concern now is that the concern now is that they now have access to possible nuclear ICBMs, and Trump is our president. <laughs> yeah, that's the concern. Yeah. You know, if it was any other president, I'm sure that something could be done to say it's okay, Kim Jong Un. You know, we'll we'll be okay. Let's just play nice. Trump's not going to do that. He's going to be like, "Go ahead, fire, motherfucker. I dare you." So, I mean, the thing with them, though, is that they've always had access to a ton of conventional weapons that they could essentially wipe South Korea off the map with. Yeah, but their goal is nuclear armament. No, that I know, just... I know it is. But what I'm saying is they've always had capabilities to fucking destroy and cause massive devastation. They constantly threaten it because that's what he needs to do to make himself look strong to his people. But he would never do it because he knows that they'd be wiped off the fucking face of the earth if they did. So... I... Really, it, it's just so dumb for Trump to get dragged into a pissing contest with them when we know that they're not going to do anything like that unprovoked. And they've kind of even said as much, because every time they threaten to do something like that and we don't provoke them, um, they eventually back off from it. And, and it's just like, I don't know why. I'm sure people around him are telling him that. Supposedly Rex Tillerson's telling him that, but... You know, we, we know how he feels about Rex Tillerson right now, so he might just do it to fucking spite him. Uh, by the way, I love how childish the media is, because uh, apparently Rex Tillerson called Trump a fucking moron, but they always just leave that part out and say moron. I just think it's so funny how they're so like, 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 oh, like, you know, earmuffs, we can't say what the people actually said, even though it's relevant to the story. Um, actually, I watched a video earlier. Jake Tapper did actually bring that <laughs> up. I wish, I, yeah, I wish I knew what that video was. A Jake Tapper, and it's a very low bar, but is one of the better journalists or anchorman at CNN. He 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 oftentimes will will actually call out people. I think he's personally, I and, think he prefers the politics of Hillary Clinton, but I don't think he's 
so corrupt yet that he's like a total stooge. This, this is going to hurt me to say, and I'm going to take a shower after this, but I, I actually have to give uh, props to Chris Hayes about the uh, St. Louis protest issue. Was he covering it? Hey. No. Oh, sorry. I gave too much uh, credit. <laughs> no, but uh, Jordan posted on Twitter, you know, this happened, and where's the MSM? And he tagged CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, a couple other uh, MSM outlets. And Chris Hayes responded to Jordan saying, I'm, I didn't hear about this. What happened? Do you have any, you know... Just basically think about that for a second, though. That a fucking journalist for MSNBC said, I didn't hear about this on yeah, Twitter. No, but, <laughs> but I'm sorry, continue. That, that was just so ridiculous. I, I agree with you, and that's why it's like minimal props. But on the other hand, the fact that he even responded is not something that they typically do in the MSM. They basically just blow it off. Sure. Or yeah. they are like Joanne Reed. Yeah, and I hope he covers it. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, but that that is funny that he <laughs> didn't even. That's that's how good of a journalist he is. I didn't even fucking hear about these protests where the cops were arresting journalists. <laughs> but um, right. <laughs> oh, well, they fuck. did down there. Yeah, how how are they going to hear about it if they don't have their own people down there? <laughs> we're so fucked. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, uh, that, that pretty much does it for us this week. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, re- remind everyone to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, share the link around with your friends, help spread the word about the podcast. Um, Jeremy, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, well, Snyder's going away in 2018 and he might be, might be getting sued. That's cool. Um, <laughs> No, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, you can find me at A Montarulo on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy, you can find at. What's your handle? Uh, Elwood Designs. E L L W O O D underscore designs. All right. And uh, be sure to join us next week for Move Left, Idiots. Hey. Keep up!